Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you live today from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. And you can listen online from anywhere at kpcg.fm. I trust you all had a marvelous Father's Day yesterday. It was really fantastic for our family. I was able to get almost everyone in my entire family to go to the rodeo with me yesterday. So that was my own gift to myself just watching a couple cowboys on horseback roping up young bulls as they ran for their lives. One would rope the bull around the horns and the other one would rope the back legs. And they could pretty much do that in about seven or eight seconds most of the time. Uh, Sometimes the bull would take a weird turn or even bump into one of the horses and things would get a little bit out of control. But they just, in general, were really skilled at what they do. And, of course, that's a practical skill. That's a really necessary skill for ranchers, keeping their herds under control, bringing certain bulls in for the slaughter. So we enjoyed that, and then we also had a really good family dinner last night, too, with my sisters making burgers for all of us. And then I was pretty shocked at the amount of gifts that were bestowed upon all of us fathers in our extended family. A lot of generosity there that we're really thankful for. Well, with it just being Father's Day yesterday, I did want to talk about something regarding fathers. It's no secret that there is an all-out attack on fathers today. You can see that pretty much anywhere in society. Even yesterday... On social media, I saw some people wishing a happy Father's Day to people who are triggered by Father's Day. People who maybe have had bad relationships with their fathers and wish that that day didn't exist at all. It's so common to just focus on the negative or to find a way to feel like we have been victimized Instead of looking at the positive side, looking at all the inspiring examples of fatherhood in our families or in great leaders of history who had strong fathers or who were strong fathers and really did shape the course of world events because of their leadership. And we really should be focusing a lot more on that side of it. Sure, there are a lot of problems with families today. About three-quarters of black children in the United States grow up without a father. And the total amount for all races, all Americans in the U.S., is really not much better. I believe it's over half of all children now who grow up without a father or who come from a broken family without the father and mother consistently present. That is a horrendous tragedy. And yet, really, we shouldn't be surprised. 
This is one of Satan's favorite targets, and it does illustrate his preferred method of attack. Whether he's attacking God's church or he's attacking America or whether he's even attacking our own families. He loves to attack from within and from the very top. We have a lot of excellent literature available to you for free at thetrumpet.com that will expound on this point. Malachi's message, Raising the Ruins, America Under Attack, Great Again, are just some examples. But the reason that Satan attacks this way over and over again, from within, from the top, is because it always works. Human beings apart from God really have a hard time resisting this kind of an attack. And when it comes to our families, the biblical traditional model for families has the father in charge. The father is the leader. And if you can get to the father, you can really hurt the entire family. That is the trend today to focus on examples of bad fathers to undermine fatherhood in general. Even, even with this Black Lives Matter movement, as you've probably heard a lot on the Trumpet Daily Radio show, one of their main focuses is to undermine and dismantle the Western traditional family. Conveniently enough, that part of Black Lives Matter gets overlooked by the mainstream media. It is a communist anti-family movement. There's not even a debate about that. If you just look at the website, if you just look at their own mission statement, they openly profess that desire. They want to get rid of fathers from the family. And is it working? Do the stats show that fathers are systemically being eliminated from families? I'd think that they have over a 50% success rate in America. They're doing a pretty good job. But why are fathers so important? Why should we care so much about that? Besides just the common sense aspect, besides just seeing what happens when human fathers are gone from the homes, when we see rioters in our streets, none of whom have a strong father to get them off the streets, that's evidence enough, of course. But there's also a spiritual angle to this too. In the God Family Vision, Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Fleury wrote, Leading psychologists are saying that the father's role in a family is unnecessary. That is a nation-destroying philosophy. Where is that message coming from? Not from Jesus Christ. It is coming from Satan, the God of this world. Satan hates the family because it is a God-plain relationship. That means it is a type of the God family. The individual human family 
was designed to help prepare us for the God family. That is why, family. You see, there is an incredible spiritual purpose for our families, for our fathers. And that is something that makes God's work today unique. The focus on the father. This is something that you won't even find in traditional Christianity. In fact, after the late educator, educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong died in 1986, one of the very first things his traitorous successors changed in the church, in the Worldwide Church of God, was the father focus. They didn't want church members to focus on the fact that God is a father. This is what um, Joseph Takach Jr. wrote on March 16, 1992 in a member letter. Those who minimize Christ and turn the focus on the gospel only to the millennial kingdom are not Christ's ministers. They have glorified themselves and created an empty religion of human works and fascination with speculative details of prophecy and with labeling and judging others. You see, the father focus in the eyes of Mr. Armstrong's disloyal successors is nothing more than minimizing Christ, taking the emphasis, the rightful emphasis, away from Christ. That is the satanic deception that spread through God's church right after Mr. Armstrong died. Here is how Mr. Tkach actually changed his his uh his thinking here he he actually lied about what mr armstrong taught in this same letter he said the church the true church has always believed that christ is the central figure of the gospel is that true is the focus of christ's message really on himself did he really come to the earth to bring glory to himself? Well, you can look pretty much throughout the Bible from start to finish and know that's not true. In fact, John 1, we'll, we'll look at that right now. That's the real chronological start of the Bible. This is talking about eternal prehistory, a time where there were only two God beings no universe, no angels, no human beings, no animals. Just two spirit beings. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 shows that God made all things through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3 verse 9 supports that so there was one God being in charge 
And then the word who later became Jesus Christ would do what God, who later became the father, commanded. God in charge of the word, a clear government structure. And they were completely united for all eternity. Here in the God family vision, Mr. Fleury writes, let us review John 1 verse 1. Then he quotes that verse and he says, in this verse, the word with is not merely a preposition that denotes place or space, but rather refers to the closest spiritual relationship two beings can have. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So it's not just saying the word stood next to God and was in the same place. It's actually talking about an intensely intimate, closer than you can imagine, spiritual relationship. And later on here, Mr. Flurry asks, are you with God? That's the same type of relationship we can have with our Father. The way that the Word, the way that Jesus Christ interacted with God, was totally submissive to his Father, was completely devoted to him and loving him, we can have that same exact type of relationship. Mr. Fleury says here, we must show by our example that we will remain with God for all eternity, just as the Word or Christ has. And now let's notice what Christ actually did. His purpose for coming to the earth as a human being. John 1 verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Christ came to the earth to declare His Father. To draw attention to his father, not to himself. And it doesn't matter how many false teachers tell you otherwise. They can say for a million years that Christ is the central figure of the gospel. And yet it still won't be true. Christ himself declared the father. And he said repeatedly, my father is greater than I. Everything I do, I do to please my Father. My Father is in charge. No one is good except the Father. All kinds of statements like that. So who really is the central figure of the gospel? And what is the gospel in the first place? Hardly anyone even knows the answer to that. But we have to know. And it is here, thankfully, right here in Mark 1, verse 14. It says Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel or the good news of the kingdom of God. Christ was a newscaster. Except for he reported the news 
before the news even happened. He was proclaiming the advance good news of God's kingdom, his father's kingdom. And that kingdom is a real world ruling government soon to be set up. It's not something that takes place in our hearts. There's plenty of proof of that. Certainly a different subject altogether. But God's kingdom is God's family. God wants to rule with his own family members. Christ is his firstborn son. And God wants to have so many more family members. He wants his family to expand into the billions. And he wants every member of his family to be doing what Christ did, declaring him, announcing the good news of that family. Back to John 1, verse 18. It says there that Christ is in the bosom of the Father. So John 1 verse 1 says the word was with God. And then verse 18 says he was in the bosom of the Father. This is the closest possible relationship we could ever have with anybody. We could be in the Father's bosom. Just picture a physical father holding a newborn child. Arms all around that child, protecting that child, rocking that child, loving that child, right in his bosom. And we could be right there too. And that's the father focus of God's work. That's the message that God's work delivers. There is so much hope in that. It's so positive. It's completely contrary to the discouragement that is out there right now in society. This all-out attack on fatherhood that is clearly, obviously taking place to anyone who is paying attention. There's even a booklet at thetrumpet.com, also written by Mr. Flurry, titled Conspiracy Against Fatherhood. It's not random what's going on. There is a coordinated, organized attack against fathers. And it's not just because Satan randomly hates human fathers. It's because they're a type of God the Father within their families. They're a type of that spiritual government structure. That leadership position that God the Father has. And that's why physical fathers are so important. Because of that parallel, because of that responsibility they are given, that is very much like the responsibility God the Father has over his own family. Mr. Flurry writes here in the God Family Vision, that is where the Father wants you. He wants you in his bosom to have the same relationship that he and Christ have. Jesus Christ set an example showing us how to have that relationship with our Father, you have never seen or heard another example like Christ. 
and you never will see another one like it. This is where we have to consider what exactly Christ did to preserve, to continue that in the bosom relationship with his father. He became a human being. He died for the sins of all mankind to give each of us, every human being on the planet, every human being who has ever lived, every human being who ever will live, an opportunity to have this same father-son relationship that lasts forever. Christ has loved that in-the-bosom relationship with his father for all eternity. He loves it so much that he wants us to experience it. And that can be our future. That's the future that God's work proclaims right now while everything around us appears to be so hopeless. Christ's message for all mankind was about the Father. And if Christ is going to come to earth, transform into a physical, flesh and blood, mortal human being, capable of sinning like any of us are, you'd think that his message, the message he delivered, while doing all that, had to be worthwhile. Why take that massive risk of sinning even one time his entire life and dying forever unless the message he delivered was worth it? This is a message that really can bring so much light and hope into our lives. It's a message desperately needed today as even the majority of God's own church, especially after Mr. Armstrong died, have refused to honor their father. It is hopefully a wake-up call. Mr. Flurry writes here, God and Jesus Christ are not just about words. Christ came to the earth and he lived God's way. He demonstrated how it works. That's something we see all the time today. Empty words, meaningless words, virtue signaling, they call it. Saying something, but having absolutely no intention of backing it up with action. No intention of sacrificing to follow through on those empty words. And yet Christ declared the Father. He loved having that relationship with his Father so much that he became a human being, lived a perfect life, and died for us so that one day we could experience that same relationship. He followed through probably a million times more than any of us ever would want to. Mr. Flurry writes here, we need to move more into the bosom of the Father. He, God wants us to get deeply entrenched in his family. Jesus Christ led the way in declaring the Father. Now we are commanded to follow his example. So you could say Christ left us the blueprint. What he did in his life is what we can do in our lives today. 
and God's work as it supports Mr. Flurry is striving to follow that same example. Jesus Christ as the head, Mr. Flurry following that example, the rest of us supporting that. All of us working hard to declare the Father, to deliver the advance good news of God's family taking over the earth. And finally, we will experience a perfect government. It has become commonplace to expect our human governments to practically work miracles. Every problem is the fault of government. Every problem theoretically could be solved by human government. Yet, do we ever see that actually happen? Do we ever come to a point where we achieve peace and love among all people? Are we really finding solutions? Is government really working for us today? The way that human beings set it up apart from God? But God's family will actually do it right. And that's why we are so excited to tell the world about this, to give them hope in a better future, a future where God will be their father. They will know more about him. Their minds will be open to God's truth, which will show them how to live a happy, fulfilling, abundant life. That is what we all look forward to. Mr. Flurry writes, Our entire lives must revolve around declaring the Father. That's what this work does. That's what this work revolves around. Whether it is warning about some trouble that is coming, or giving the good news of the, the wonderful future that lies beyond that suffering, it always revolves around declaring the Father. Mr. Flurry points out here in the God Family Vision how human beings, men and women, desperately desire physical families. You've probably heard from your friends. You could probably cite your own experience too. Plenty of prominent public figures would say the same, that nothing is better than being a parent. Why does pretty much everybody agree on that? Regardless of political ideology, religious beliefs, education, whatever other background we might have, why do we all agree that being a parent absolutely rules? Why is it the best thing ever? That gives us a picture of spiritual family, of our potential as members of the God family. God is a father. He loves being a father. Christ loves being his son. We love all that on the physical level. And now it's just a matter of learning to love that on a spiritual level too. If we think our physical families are awesome, that even having the opportunity 
to enjoy physical family, even if we don't always do it right, even if there are some examples of failure out there sometimes, but if we at least think that the opportunity to raise children, to have families physically is amazing, how much better is a spiritual family? Is that not worth proclaiming joyfully to the entire world? In fact, that's what God's colleges today are all about. Here in the Philadelphia Church of God, the colleges are named Herbert W. Armstrong College. Mr. Armstrong built Ambassador College around declaring the Father. Armstrong College today does the same. It's a message so worth delivering that we raise our children to get ready to attend God's college and learn about God the Father and then make them ready to be a part of this work where they declare the Father. It's a lifelong pursuit of telling the world about God the Father and about His awesome family. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 1130 a.m. Central Time 